cannabinoid is in each batch so you can get a more approximate idea of what you're ingesting what you're taking in and it's not just about t like if you want to get thc and you want to get high you, you have that option but then there's other cannabinoids and acids from the plants that are kind of utilized for you to help you with specific things so like one thing like even though i'm sober now uh and i'm not sober just you know enjoying my health uh <laughs> i i still will uh use the anxiety relief uh which is uh mainly cbd there's trace amounts of other cannabinoids in it but it's focused more on just the cbd which is what you're hearing a lot of in the news with the uh the medical people and solving seizures and stuff yeah, like that. yeah seizures kids with uh epilepsy and um they their lives have been changed by taking a combination of cannabinoids but specifically uh, cbd is one of them but in combination with like thca for pain and all these other things it's really quite amazing stuff science science and if you science. have questions if you're if you're trying to cure something specific or if you really want to remedy like uh you know something within you you can always give us a buzz on the the hotline bling yeah. and uh <laughs> you know if we don't have that information directly for you we can definitely get it for you for what would be best for you to take and there's uh, some new ones coming out on the horizons to aid with insomnia and, and other things CBD, too. CBDA is the new thing. So THCA is the acids of THC, and if you heat it up, it becomes THC. It's like when the plant is growing, it's the part of the plant that's like, hey, grow, grow, grow. And it's the acids of the plant, and it's a massive anti-inflammatory. It's really good for you. It deals with pain. But if you heat it up, it turns into THC. Nightmare juice. Uh, but now there's CBDA, so it's the acids of the plant before it flowers when it's specifically a CBD strain. And this stuff is supposedly off the charts. They're bringing it in to us today. I believe we're gonna be guinea pigging it. And you'll love this, it works for weight loss. That's the one that I remember you were CBDA. Just yeah. this one of the guys who works the, up there at the farm uh, and with the Alta California Botanicals, he said he's like lost 40 pounds and he's attributing it to the CBDA. Wow. And I was like, dude, Al, if you've got a weight loss cannabinoid, you could make a million dollars. Like, it's yeah, going to make yeah. more than one that, million yeah. dollars. And that's why I always tell people, like, it's it's not, uh, like, if you want to get high, you can get high. But, you know, I wouldn't necessarily recommend anybody who's never smoked pot or drank to do so. But at the same time, if you want, I would never tell anybody to go pharmaceutical routes or things like that. So it's right. like if you're looking for the holistic approach to, uh, you know, a better wellness and a better being, think this is a great place to start you got to yeah. do a little bit of experimenting because it's still you know on the the cusp of science and coming out of what things can and can't do and it does react differently for different people you know like with the right. the thc the euphoria i hate that shit. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even like looking at the bottle but pam loves it i love it yeah i love it so <laughs> hey, I just fuck depends. that dude that is a panic attack in a bottle <laughs> It's, and you experienced that, so that's why oh, it's just dude. like, yeah. It took me to the fucking nether realms, and I never want to go back there. <laughs> Alta California Botanicals, bringing you to the nether realms. Uh, so they're, they're one of the sponsors of the festival, but another sponsor is PBR, which is very exciting. Yeah, I got a Paps um, hat. The Paps hat. Paps hat. Yeah. Still we're supporting it. Support, nice. support PBR. Uh, also, Asiento up the street from us, they are going to be, if you say that you're coming from the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival anytime during the festival, they're going to give you happy hour prices all night. Oh, wow. So that's exciting. Um, there's a special party on um, Thursday the 4th at the Eagle SF. They're one of our sponsors, and they're going to be hooking us up. Um, also, Subliminal SF is doing all of our artwork. Uh, auditory and visual mind control and then brainwash is another one of our sponsors and they're having a special show on saturday the 5th which 
supposedly he's gonna have free beer at it. He's getting another sponsor for that too, so it should be exciting. And I'm I'm trying to work it out to see if it's possible. I still have to look at my schedule and uh, film shooting because I'm shooting Pete's uh, feature-length film during this time. Ooh. But uh, I might be able to uh, uh, transport people back and forth from places or to home with the van. Wow. Uh, as an added luxury, so instead of buying an Uber or something, it might be like two bucks or something per person to anywhere in SF. So nice. It's gonna yes. be a whole shindig. Get a shovel. A We're digging. We're digging. <laughs> <laughs> it's hopefully everything works out and it's gonna be a good time. It will. So go get go get your tickets and support us here at Mutiny Radio. So you guys are listening to the AltaCast right now. I am joined by Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth Win. Uh, guest Steve Poggi. I'm Pam Benjamin. We're gonna listen to a little uh, Amy Winehouse and then we'll be right back. <laughs> I mean, why not play yeah. some rehab, right? R- right. Yeah. And yeah. we'll come back with some more sobriety stories. I, I don't have any like personal ones, but I know people <laughs> who've tried it unsuccessfully. <laughs> All right. Enjoy some Amy Winehouse. She's dead. Oh, you know, it's really sad. They tried to make me go to rehab. I said, no, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back, you know, no, no. I ain't got the time, and if my daddy thinks I'm fine, just try to make me go to rehab, I won't go, go, go.
Not for our friend Amy, but she's dead now. Yeah, she. I think she probably should have went for. <laughs> well, and that's what I learned. Um, one of the girls that I nanny for, who is just a doll, um, she was listening to the song Rehab, and her mom, she's I think nine now or ten, and her mom said, "Do you know what that song's about?" And she was like, "Yeah, um, she was doing too many drugs, and they wanted to put her in a place." And she said, "No," and I'm like, "Wow." wow. You know, at that age. And then I said, oh, well, you know, but Amy Winehouse, she was doing all these drugs. And that's when the mom told me, she's like, she died of alcoholism. And I'm like, no, nah. she's like, she died of a heart attack because she was consuming so much alcohol. I didn't think that that was, a, I didn't think that was a possible thing. Oh, yeah. Alcohol can kill you. I mean, we've said this so many times before about things in moderation. Right. You know, and that's, that's what it, I mean she took it to the next level that's what happened you know and it's unfortunate it really is because you hear about people ODing on like you know drug like heroin and stuff but alcohol is actually one of the scariest yeah. things to Absolutely. get it's hard to get off of it's really hard it's like the only thing you can die from withdrawal with everything else you'll feel like you're gonna die but alcohol is the only thing with, with withdrawal yeah you can actually, actually die. die yeah so i um i drank a lot in college i was um i hung out with uh, my then boyfriend who became my husband. He was the president of his fraternity. It was a white fraternity. He was black. Didn't matter. <laughs> I am a girl and I hung out with him all the time. And I drank. I mean, I was drinking like, I don't know, I'm going to guess. Because I would shotgun beers. I'm going to say I was drinking about 18 beers a night, like 18 Natty Lights. Damn. And at the time, I was in college and I was a dance minor and I was pushing 150 pounds i was about 148 or whatever but i was working out all all the time and i couldn't figure it out and i was like why why am i why am i so big right now when i work out so much and it's just that the calorie intake alone of the 18 beers a night i was drinking and these were like natty lights so it wasn't like you know now i have four ipas and i'm tossed because it's higher alcohol and it's i don't even know how many calories are in that but i Okay, so I was hanging out with all these guys. I was, sh I was really good at shotgunning beers, and it was like a game. Like, oh, pink and shotgun a beer. This is so funny. And then beer bonging, all of that. I was very, very good at it. I excel. I excel at drinking. I'm very good at it. Uh, but when we started getting older and we were out of college, I was still friends with the same guys who were in that fraternity because my husband moved on. He kept the same friends, and they did football. They all got season tickets for the Chargers together, and they were doing all this. And there's one friend who was like, he used to be so much fun in the life of the party. And just a really nice guy and then there was this woman that he met and he decided to marry her and I told him I wrote him a letter I was like don't marry this lady she's your life is gonna be ruined and he was like no I think I love her I think this is it this is it this is the one and then like shortly after the wedding they had their first kid and then they ended up having two kids after that and he hit his alcoholism so well he was drinking, he finally got in trouble for it because he was drinking out of a water bottle at work and it was vodka. Oh. And he was like 
bouncing down. He, he, he wanted to be a dentist. He ended up selling insurance. So he married this woman who was, like, not nice. He had a bunch of kids that he – I'm sure he loves his kids now. But And he was living this life selling insurance that was just making him so unhappy that he was constantly drinking vodka. He had one in the car. He had one under his bed. He had one at work in the drawer. And so – when everybody finally found out, and he's like, hey, I'm an alcoholic, we were like, nah. And he was like in that withdrawal thing, like where he'd wake up in the middle of the night and he had to have that bottle of vodka under the bed because he'd start seizuring. But the thing that brought him there was that he was so depressed because his life was so not what he wanted it to be. And like, is that like where so much of our drinking stems from? Is like yes. I just it, I'm not happy. But see, th- it's different for me. For me, you get, it's different for you because you're social. I'm, I, I, this I, is yeah. what you, what you're doing because the majority of your days are spent with working at the station, doing your comedy, and it, it's it, it's it's mostly social. It's not because like you know I I went to a Christian school and I'm mad, so I'm going to keep drinking. Or I don't, you know, I don't get along with my parents, so I'm going to drink. No, it's because the fact of the matter is what you're doing, you, the environment that you're in is social. Yeah. And so that's, I mean, that's, that's part of what it is, you know, just like how I bartend, that's part of what it is, you know, so it, but what you're talking about with your friend, that is one of the biggest things that a lot of people go through, but they're in denial because again, like I was talking about, like how people or, you know, he conformed. Right. That's the problem. The people who try to conform, you know, go to college, get married, have kids. Sell have, insurance. Sell insurance. Buy a house. Buy a house. I mean, there's so many unhappy stories of, like, that conformity. Get a, get a GMC suburban thing. Yeah, exactly. Those people are, <laughs> that suburban life, a lot of those people are miserable. That's yeah. why they pop pills and they drink and they hide it really well. Absolutely. Until, until the point where you can't hide it anymore. Right. Because they conformed and they're now miserable. And I'm not saying that's their fault or anything else. I think it's society that says, well, this is what you're supposed to do in order to be successful. And you, you're you a robot, so do it. And they do it, and look what happens. And then they're not happy, and then they have to break outside the See? box. Speaking of not happy, so Amy Winehouse's death was listed as a coroner by death of misadventure. Uh, and her blood alcohol content was 0.416. When I blew, after my car got flipped uh, three times and they dug me out and they gave me a breathalyzer, I was at .153, and that was four hours after my last drink. Yeah, like she, they said that uh, the unintended consequences of such a potentially fatal levels was her sudden death. Jesus, man. It's a heart attack from death of misadventures. Your body just goes... There's so much booze in here, we're just shutting down. Yeah, we can't breathe anymore. Fuck you, get out. (laughs) I I had a friend who died in San Diego because he was drinking with um, Vicodin. He had taken like 12 Vicodin and he was drinking whiskey. He had like 12 shots of whiskey and 12 Vicodin and he died. His body forgot how to breathe. It just was like, okay, bye. Oh my God. There's there's been a ton of stories like that. I know one guy who... uh, drinking and took pills and he was so sedated that he like rolled over like face down on the couch and like, he ended up smothering himself <gasps> and was so fucked up that he couldn't get out Whoa. Of Jesus. so yeah I mean, th- I mean there's a lot to fucking lose with this shit you know what I'm saying yeah. especially it's like 
One thing, like you said, if you're drinking to have fun, hang out with people, or if you're drinking, you know, because you have a water bottle full of vodka at your insurance office. Yeah. Or because you have to dress up like Chuck E. Cheese and be around the kids. <laughs> well, that would kind of be a fun job. The drunk mouse is back. <laughs> the drunk dead mouse. Um, the worst consequences that I, like, have from getting too drunk, and, and it only happens when I don't eat dinner. And then I get too drunk, and then I, I don't even throw up anymore. But the, the biggest one, and Poji said this never happens to him. I, we were in the car the other day, and you're like, I can't believe someone does that. I've peed in strange places before. Uh, I've peed in plants in hotel rooms, thinking that it was the bathroom. I've been woken up by people in a hotel room saying, that's not the bathroom, Pam. Peeing in a plant, that's happened to me. Uh, I've, I've peed in the bed. You know, that happens sometimes. Uh, but what I usually do now, Blackout Pam is smarter than smarter than she thinks. Uh, so what happens now is if I come home, and I know I'm so drunk, and I'll even sometimes pee first, but if I sleep on the floor, on the carpet, with like my hair, head's kind of buried in my hands, I tell Jonathan, my boyfriend, don't, don't move me. Don't pick me up. Don't take my pants off. Those are a sponge to wick up the urine, <laughs> you see. Don't think you're not helping by taking off my pants, okay? Because Black Al Pam is smarter than you, <laughs> and she knows that she's probably going to pee. Don't put me in bed. Don't do that. No pee bed. No, don't do it. Don't want to have to because I've woken up. I woke up once, and I think I, I don't know if it was Jonathan or drummer comedian Aaron Barrett, and I looked at him, and I'm like, who just peed in the bed? <laughs> Did you just do that? They're like, okay, Pam, that was totally you. And then I'm like, ah! And I'm trying to like deal with all the sheets and wash them in the, <laughs> wash them in the tub, get all the hot water going. And then I'm like, then I'm like, then I'm awake. I'm like, fuck. Right. Oh, but no. so, if I'm ever, if you ever come across me in my house, on the floor sleeping, don't touch her. Don't touch. It's go- just leave me. Go sleep in my bed because it's not going to be any pee in it. It's going to be way better. <laughs> like this is. It's the, this would be a good reason why to wear depends. And here's here's a ridiculous thing. I have a lot of baby diapers in my house, and um, so I use them more for like if I'm having my period and I don't want to. St- I don't like sticking things in me when I'm sleeping. I don't. It's just weird. I can't deal with it. Unless it's your boyfriend. Not relatable. Not really. But if you, I'll, I'll put the baby. I'll put the I'll put the diaper down and I'll kind of sleep on the diaper so that I bleed on the diaper and then in the morning kind of wipe it up. Good. Um, but I should I should do that if that ever happens again. And I wonder really the absorbency of a diaper. If is it enough to get all? I mean, because I peed in the cat box before, and I really decimated an entire. <laughs> like it's more pee than you think it is. Like yeah. the cat pee is little pee. I wasted a lot of litter, clumping <laughs> litter by peeing in the cat box. Mistake. I think it, I, I've wore a depend before, so I think you're fine. <laughs> I played a lot of role-playing computer games in the basement, which didn't have the bathroom at the time, so I peed in a lot of empty milk jugs and uh, various things. <laughs> Dude, I'm a big fan of the piss jug. As tell, a the story, tell the story about um, why you couldn't, can't play fo- couldn't play football anymore in high school in the uh, art group. Yeah, so I was a, a drunk sophomore story. in high school, and uh, I, w- I was a troublemaker. And uh, I was in my art class, and the like the way it was set up for finals was you'd have like uh, I believe it was two classes a day, so they were half days, but each class was two hours long. So you'd go to one two-hour class, 20-minute break, two-hour class, 
and uh, I was playing football, and uh, I was in poor shape for a class, but she was like, look, Steve, <clears throat> she's like, I know you like football, you might not be into painting and sculpting, and that's fine, so what I need you to do is you're going to come in on the final, you're going to help me clean this room, you're not going to leave, you're not going to create a disturbance, I'll give you a C, and you can pass me to play football. All right, great. So, again, water bottle full of vodka. Oh, wow. Uh, I brought that in, and after my first one, I'm like, I don't have anything to do for two hours. Fuck it. I was bored right before I even got there. So I pounded this bottle of vodka in 20 minutes with this juice. Because like, we had a juice machine. That was when, like, they first started doing, like, the we need healthy alternative. Utopia? Yeah. So, <laughs> so then uh, I get the juice, and I, I fucking slam this water bottle down, and I'm feeling fucking great. Get to art class and I'm cleaning and singing and having a good old time, and uh, sure enough, I've got to pee. Uh -oh. So I'm like, I'm like her name was Miss Braun. I'm like, Miss Braun, I, I've got, I got to go use the bathroom. I'll be right back. She was like, No, you are not leaving this classroom. You're not leaving my site. You're staying in here for the whole two hours. I was like, No, I really have to pee. And she's like, It's too bad. I'm not, leaving. I'm not getting out. So we had this little drying room with a sliding door. And I have these empty water bottles. <laughs> so I get a, a, this knucklehead who I knew, and I have him watch the door, and I go in there and start peeing into this bottle. But again, when you're drunk, you pee way more than you really anticipate because alcohol is also a diuretic. So I'm like filling up this water bottle. Next thing I know, I hear the door to the drying room slide open, and then I hear the teacher start screaming, He's playing with himself. He's playing with himself. Call security. No. He's playing with himself. And I come out of there. Like, I don't even get to tuck my dick back into my pants. I just got to zip him up, pinch it off. And I'm like, what's going on, everybody? I ain't doing shit. Oh, and I hand the bottle of pee off to the guy who was supposed to watch the door who failed. And he throws it in. Back to the pee. This is where the pee comes in. He throws it into the backpack, but uh, I didn't tighten the cap on the bottle. Oh, God, no. So he got pee all over oh, his God. backpack and all over his stuff. Oh, Enjoy that, yeah. Richard Rains. And uh, he got pissed so off. then <laughs> she calls up the security. She's like, I need someone to come up here. Uh, I got a student in the class who's masturbating. And so oh. the security comes up on their little golf cart. And, of course, I know all the security officers because I've been in trouble nonstop. And so the guy's like, his name was Joe, and he was so cool. He was like, dude, you were jerking off in the class. And I was like, no, nah, man, it was really hot. I was just adjusting myself. My boxers were all wedged up. She wouldn't let me use the bathroom. And he's like. Oh, you smell like vodka. And I was like, I've got a pack of gum. He was like, all right. So I put every piece from that pack of gum. It was like one of those big extra trident things. <laughs> and I've got this fishing lure full of gum in my mouth. And I'm in there. I'm talking to the principal. And he's like, dude, like this is like 45 minutes till the end of the school year. What the fuck? And I'm like, man, it was hot. You know, my shit was all bunched up. It wouldn't let me go to the bathroom. And I said, fuck it. I'll go in the laundry room and just, you know, straighten my shit out. And uh, so then this cop had to come in and, like, oh investigate me for, like, some sort of, like, sexual crime in a public school campus kind of what? thing. And uh, he's, like, he's like you know, ask me all this stuff. Like, you know, do you do you have urges to masturbate frequently? <laughs> oh, and all this stuff. And then finally I was just, like, I was, like, officer, look, man. I was, like, I just got really fucking drunk. And then I had to pee. And then she wouldn't let me out of the classroom. And so I tried to pee in this bottle. And she fucking busted me and caught me and said I was jerking. And he was like, oh, all right, fine. And then he goes back and he's like, no, the kid wasn't masturbating. He's like, we're more than 100% confident in that. He just had to adjust himself or whatever. But since I got kicked out of that classroom, she failed me for that class. Oh. And then I became ineligible for the junior year football season. 
Tutored in like varsity. Yeah, so then I, uh, I practiced the whole year through the team. And then finally, like after the first quarter when grades get like semi-reported, I was eligible again. So I'm practicing all week leading up and it turned out to be like our homecoming game. And I'm finally back on the field. I'm finally starting. The game's Friday night. Wednesday, my grandmother dies. I have to fly out to Missouri. And then the godmother who I was living with at the time calls up and goes, I can't handle living with a teenager who's not coming back. And I never got to play. Oh, my God. Again, but I practiced every single day. And I still have my football helmet because all my gear was with my buddy. And they kind of hawked over my shoulder pads and everything else like that. But he saved the helmet for me. So I still that's so bittersweet. And I never played again. And I want to play with other people. And why is Steve Poggi going through sobriety? Uh. <laughs> it seems that this has been, I mean, I know you're 30 now, so that was half your life ago. 31, February 25th, 32. We're getting old. You're, oh, oh, sure you are. Yeah. Aging yeah. gracefully. Yep, yeah. there you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a thing. I didn't start drinking till I was like, I mean, I drank because my parents always drank, but it would be like a sip of dad's beer or they'd be like, would you like to have a glass of wine at Christmas? And I was so Christian that I didn't, I didn't do it. There was, there was a Christmas party I went to at the Orvix house and I drank eggnog, which I love eggnog. If you've been listening to other shows, you'll know that I love the fuck out of eggnog. <laughs> and so I would hang out at this one house and they would like be cool with drinking. And I never really got like super wasted, but I was like, oh, I had a couple cup of, cups of eggnog, you know? Right. But I didn't really drink in high school. And then I got to college, and I was like, I found my thing. Uh, college turns you out. I think I found it. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to do lots and lots of acid and smoke tons of weed. And I love drinking and smoking, and I'm good at it. <laughs> uh, I'm fun. I'm way more fun. Like, I went from being, like, super stick-in-the-mud prissy pants to being like, I am fucking fun. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but so, you know, there was that one almost rape, but other than that, <laughs> it was really... Almost. They didn't well, I didn't get raped because the, I was... The thing is that I've I'm, I've always been like, I, hung out, I hang out with dudes. Like, right. I'm the girl that hangs out with dudes. It's just been the way it is. And comedy makes a lot of sense for me because it's all dudes and I just hang out with them. And I've always been that way. I've always just wanted to hang out with the guys. Like, that's kind of what I do or what I enjoy doing. And I seem to be able to relate to them and deal with it frat guys and I think I don't usually have girlfriends you know like a couple close girlfriends but mostly I hang out with dudes uh so oh I'm high now by the way <laughs> so <laughs> that that shit is hitting me the CBD and the THC are being is synergistic roaring up out of you they're synergistic but oh so this is this is the rape story so I was really good friends with all like the guys we'd hang out and we all went down to Rosarito to stay for spring break and it was the girls and we were staying in this one place, and then there were the guys, and they were staying, like, next door, and we were all having a lot of fun. And I was like, I was hanging out with just a lot of dudes. And some of them were really cool, and well, and one of them wasn't. And so I was wasted, like, tequila wasted, like, Ooh, in oh, Rosarito, Mexico, wasted. And this one sleazy frat guy brought me upstairs, and he was trying to get my clothes off, and I was out. And, like... Um, this guy, his last name was McCune, and they owned, they actually owned a bunch of um, cars. They sell cars in San Diego. Oh, so like the McCune family. He came upstairs and he saved me. He was like, What the fuck are you going to do to Pam? And I think he hit the guy. And it was like a big thing. Like he carried me downstairs and took me to a different like house entirely and was like, You're safe here. You're staying here. Wow. And, um, 
and he saved me from a ra- which could have been a potential gang rape because I mean it was a bunch of guys in a frat house all in Rosarito right and there's right. drunk bitch upstairs I mean it could have wow. been it could have been really bad but one of the guys wasn't a dick and isn't that so That's nice just takes one. It just takes one. Because that could have altered your whole experience, you know. Oh, saying? yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, definitely. It would have been That would have been a pretty awful thing to go through in college. Yeah, well, especially if they were drunk and they were like, all right, guys, she knows we got to kill her. All right, that's <laughs> our lives are at stake here. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think – I think that they – I don't know. That's what you do with drunk girls, isn't it? In fraternities, you find them and then they're wasted and then you all have sex with them. That's what happens, right, in fraternities? Yeah. I, I mean, I just <laughs> – I, I never went. I skipped that institution. I uh, I stopped going to frat parties my senior year in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew better. I'm like, because after just seeing what was going on, and I'm just like, I'm like, this is this is some bullshit. This is some rapey stuff I've seen on Lifetime Rapey before. stuff. A lot of hormones yeah, getting mixed in with Yeah, it's just like, and the and thing is, and then we're high school girls on top of that, so that's even like, oh, uh, yeah, like you're definitely prey. That's and strawberries in the fruit salad yeah. right there. <laughs> It, you know, I've, I've never, I've, I've always been afraid of frat parties after have seen what was going on. And look, I went to art school, so we didn't have fraternities. Right. But well, we went, I went to UCSD, so they were all smart guys. So that's the thing is I was like, oh, smart guys, they must all not be rapists. I, I don't trust But them. I think it, it goes across uh, all. And, and, and it, you, just because you're going to college doesn't mean you're intelligent. Although UC San Diego was kind of like a smarty pants. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of uh, like like house parties where a chick will hook up with a dude and then like the uh, the the beta males, the, the like lesser dudes, think that like oh well, since she fucked him, she'll definitely fuck me oh, then because I'm better than him. And like, I've seen a lot of that kind of shit. Like, people getting beat up for that kind of stuff and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I had the... Uh, <laughs> So when I was in high school, I was convinced that alcohol was kind of bullshit and the people that blacked out were all full of shit <laughs> because uh, they were just being who they wanted to be or saying what they wanted to say. Because when you're in high school, you just get drunk and, you know, I don't even like Becky. She's a bitch. Like, shit like that. <laughs> but uh, uh, when I turned 21, that was my first blackout time. And I hooked up with this chick, like, woke up at her place and like had no idea where the fuck I was. No, it was my 21st birthday. Fucking was insanely hungover. And worst of all, like we had fucked around hardcore to the point where that flap of skin that holds onto your tongue, Ouch. it was cut in from me trying to extend my tongue further than it was capable of going. <laughs> that was a rough one. <laughs> well, at least you. T- Sobriety. Yeah. Yeah. I had her drop me off <laughs> at the gas station. Had me drop her off at the gas station. I went into the gas station. I bought a tall can, cracked it open right outside. Didn't know you that was illegal to do and just <laughs> drank it till my buddy Ronnie came and picked me up. There's Happy 21. Dude, nice. this, this is why they should lower the drinking age, I think. To 18. Well, yeah. I really do. I'm sorry. If you're able to go to war and kill people. You I should be able to drink. Absolutely. Because that, that's going to fuck you up. So yeah. why not fuck yourself up? <laughs> exactly. Well, and the thing is that hopefully with uh, the future that's happening, people will be more apt to use marijuana as, as an introductory sort of drug. As opposed to, like, it's a gateway drug. Well, alcohol is a gateway drug. Alcohol, Any, anything oh, yes. is Prozac is a gateway drug. Fucking yeah. all of it's a gateway drug. And Oxidized. vitamins, vitamins are a gateway drug. Are you fucking kidding me? Getting people used to the concept of taking something besides, like, a food substance. 
Like, we've made this pill for you. Yeah. Here, kids, take your vitamins. Here, well, kids, take exactly. your vitamins. That's just totally a way of, like, an, an inoculating them against the fear of taking drugs. Conform. I won't even take aspirin anymore. Conform. I used to take I – I will take ibuprofen if I'm in a lot of pain. But other than that, like, man, I'm going to smoke weed. I try to avoid taking ibuprofen or anything, you know, unless, you know, if, like, I'm, if I'm really cramping and I'm in a fetal position and I, I'm like, I can't take this, I'll take some ibuprofen. But, I mean, to me, a lot of pills, like I say, they're, they're a way to control. They're mind yeah. control to me. Sure, sure. And I honestly, though I'm a bartender, I do feel that out of everything drug-wise, I think alcohol is, like, one of the worst. Yeah. It is one of the worst, it, but it's so you don't okay. Black out. You don't it's black so out on okay. marijuana. Yeah, I've never smoked so much weed that I'm like, I don't remember anything that happened. That, right. That well, unless it's really happen. boring. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what happened? I don't remember. Oh yeah, I just talked to Mike about you know, Walgreens. <laughs> I mean, exactly. you still people, you still have people but it's in not society. Not a blackout. Yeah, there's a black year out. Well, you still have people in society that talk about marijuana like it's so evil, but they will drink like a 12 pack. Yeah. And I'm just like, you hypocrisy. you make no sense. You make no sense. How dare you talk about marijuana that way? Yeah. Here, and I'm gonna give and I'm gonna give them some Alta California botanicals. It's uh, we're at the we're at the top of the hour, so we're gonna do tell you guys that you're listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. Thanks for listening, downloading this podcast, or if you're listening live. You guys aren't. I told you to call in. If you have your own <laughs> sobriety right. failed or uh, successful attempts, call in anonymously and just get something off your chest. Were you at like an asshole sometime? Yeah. Fucking, you're talking you to like the to gang assholes. We get you. We get you right. Four one five 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 zero zero five one one. Call us from work, Rudy Gill. Yeah, call us. Talking to you. Let us know how yeah. you're doing. Well, you know, I, the other thing I think about too is like, before. like with with. Like, the drugs that really fuck you up, like alcohol or cocaine, once you start doing the drug, you want to do more, more of the drug. Like, yeah. there's been plenty of times where I've smoked pot, and then I've just been like, ugh, I'm good, man. I'm just going to fucking sit here <laughs> yeah. for a while. Like, I don't I don't want any more. But, like, when you're on acid, usually you're not like, I want more acid now. <laughs> you know? Exactly right. But when you're on acid, you're like, oh, my God, I want to just survive this. <laughs> Get this wolf to stop singing Christmas carols. Ah, oh, fuck. Why did I do this to myself? <laughs> but if you're on cocaine, you don't oh. want to stop You do not want to stop that party. Oh, I hate cocaine so much. It turns me into the... I did cocaine for a little bit, and I stopped. Not because it was cost prohibitive, and not because it wasn't ubiquitous, and not because it was damaging my life in any way other than... I became an intolerable asshole when I was on it. Like, I already sort of have a healthy ego and self-esteem and have an ability to talk about myself that surpasses normal human beings. But on cocaine, I think that I'm a fucking genius. Yep. That every yep. word, syllable, sound that drips from my honeyed lips is true from the gods to you. Lucky you. And then you get to wrong. hear it. <laughs> Oh, and I know everything about everything. It is the egotistical drug. I actually like it. Oh, it makes me <laughs> such... It, I, I feel like such an asshole the next morning that I don't ever want to do that again because it is... I must be intolerable for other people. I, I, I usually, like, when I'm on it, I just usually speed talk or dance. Uh... But I always get ideas. Like I'm like, hey, you should start selling your paintings in Paris. Like, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah. Like, when it's just like, and now you have this idea of like selling something and and doing it and like we can do it and yeah, yeah let's do it. Another snort and then yeah and so like yeah, and it's just uh. like, 
and it's just like I love this song. Let's dance. That's me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's I'm gonna ask you my mom. Sean, say yes uh, to you, my mom. Sean Rouse, who will be coming to San Francisco to perform comedy when Dave Attell is here, whenever Dave is gonna be here, he uh, he has some great jokes where he's. Uh, he's talking about crank. He's like, you ever oh tried crank before? Yeah. That shit makes you a crackhead immediately. <laughs> he's like, you do one line of crank, you come up with all these weird business ideas. Like, let's get a puppy and sell it for a profit. Like, nobody wants to buy it. He's like, well, we'll get a puppy, then we'll shave him. Then we'll sell him for a profit. And uh, his other one was like, he's like, I don't know what to tell these kids. And I'm not, I'm not doing Sean Rouse's jokes justice here, so Google search him, but he's like, I, I have to tell these kids, you know, like if you're going to be <laughs> drinking and driving, you got to get cocaine. To stay <laughs> He's like, is nobody telling the children how to do this correctly? Keep them alert. Yeah, I, I um, but I did a lot of cocaine in, when I was lived in San Diego and I was going back and forth from L.A. a lot. And if you're in LA traffic and it's nighttime and you're not on cocaine, you're the only one, okay? <laughs> Everyone else is on it. I was too. Yeah. One more Sean Rouse joke. He's talking about a buddy of his smoking a joint that was dipped in formaldehyde. Oh, God, oh. the PCP, and the then, fake uh, PCP. He, said, he, he goes, I talked to the guy the next day, and he goes, the guy was started freaking out. He said all these demons came to show up and uh, drag him off to hell and... After that, oh. he was so scared that uh, you know he didn't do drugs anymore, and he just went to church. And he was like, "What a horrible drug!" I was <laughs> like, "Could you imagine that? You wake up and you're like, you know, it's a bad drug when you do it, and then you wake up and you're like, I have a belief system now." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That's how salvia made me feel. Oh, I hate that Dude, shit. I, yeah, I felt like my bottom jaw shot through my skull. And I, the first time I smoked that shit, I was driving. <laughs> oh, I was are you driving. You talked to the aliens while you were driving? I was driving. That's insane. And I had That's a, uh, really dangerous. I had this piece Ew. of metal that came off this thing that, like, you go fishing, you stick it into the ground, and then you hook the fish's lip and keep them in the water so they stay fresh or whatever until you're done. And I took the little ring out, and then I took a socket, and I duct taped that around, and I, like, went to, like, a public bathroom and took a screen out of the sink and put that in there. And I packed it. So it was, like, a fat one-hitter. Packed it full of salvia. I'm driving my 1987 Chevy Caprice Classic. I got the fiance. <laughs> my buddies are in there. And I take it and I hit it. And I hold it in and I blow it out. And like I was like, I can't. I got to pull. Oh, no. And then I was like, we got to pull, pull. And I like pulled into Target. I parked in like three spots. And then I got super pissed off at everyone. I'm like, we got to go to Target pretending we didn't do drugs. <laughs> and I'm like trying to walk in and I couldn't. I was like falling down. Dude, so that, the first time I did it, I we were watching Empire Strikes Back and they, they were jumping out of the screen. And so like I'm going around in circles in my living room like, Steve, what the fuck is this shit? Why'd you do this? Why'd you do this to me? Oh my God. Like, the creatures they're coming out of the tv it was really weird and then i lived on the third floor so i kept looking at the tv and then looking at the window and looking at the tv i'm like i should jump out of this window anytime that i'm so high and i'm talking about jumping out of the window yeah i'm not doing that shit anymore i wanted to literally jump out the do, window do, but you remember did you both remember the entire time like you were you you never got taken to the other place i remember like the Dude. emotions of because luckily i never did enough of that shit to like it was, the thing is, I wasn't there. I wasn't lucid. I got for whatever, I guess it was only like eight minutes or whatever. 
I wasn't there. It was like, I, and I knew where I was because I remember it all vividly, but it was in with the space and the, and the tsunami string and the, and the Technicolor tsunami string on the ch kids' playground and them telling me, come on, and people being sucked into the sky. And like, I'm like, I'm not going. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess that in real life, I sat on the top of the sofa and they were worried I was going to fall off and there was something. I, but I don't, I woke up sitting on the sofa and I was like, oh. And, and they were like, are you okay? <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm here now. You and thought you would. Well, I came back. They wanted to take me with them, and I said no. But the thing is that I was like in such I, in such an outer body experience that I wasn't in the I wasn't there. Whoa! I, I'm telling you, it was like it was this big playground, and I climbed to the top of this one of those old school ones with the triangles. You know, like the when you were little and the triangles of yeah. Of, and there was like a swing set over here, and the, I remember the ground like. And I was sitting on top of it with somebody, and I don't remember who it was, but they got sucked into the spaceship. Oh, it like this huge tsunami of like it was like there's this spaceship up there, and they were pulling everything on strings, and they were trying to get, and I was pushing against the wave of tsunami strings, and 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 they kept saying, "Hey Pam, it's all a con nothing you believe is real. It's all a construct. Come with us. Everything's cool. Just just it. Everything you believe is nothing." come with us we're going we're going in the spaceship right now you're coming with us right and i was like i am not going in your spaceship it was wise for you not to go on that spaceship because you probably wouldn't want elsewhere I, maybe that's the light that is <laughs> no shit come i'm like us. salvia but everybody who's taken it everyone else who's taken it has had they knew where they were like they knew that they were themselves where they were i knew that i was myself where i was but i wasn't in that room and I've never hallucinated like that so before. The biggest oh. hallucination I ever had was off the fucking nightmare juice. Oh, Because <laughs> it's like, you know, whenever you get drunk and you get, like, the spins? Yeah. I, like, at one point, like, it was like being on, like, a merry-go-round that was going viciously. And my outer body, like, I felt like my soul was getting kicked out of my body. And I was, like, getting pulled back. And I could look down and see myself just sleeping there. Oh. And I had to, like, use all my strength to, like, force my soul back into my body. And then I... <laughs> so I don't know if it was, like, some intense, weird dream that I was having while I was all fucked up. Dude, I tell you what, that stuff reacted very poorly to me. <laughs> I'll never do salvia again. I'll never no, do. That's I'll never do. I'll never do DMT. I'll never DMT. Do. I will like, in like a shamanistic type ritual, and like. I a, will never do bath stuff. salts. I'll never do bath salts. I'll never do bath oh, salts man. ever again. Oh, again? You again. Did it? You've done you it. You did it once. You've yes. done it. Oh, you have to what? tell us about bath salts. Oh my god, it was terrible. Story? You have to. T I, that's it. It was <sighs> fucking t my. Okay, Steve again. The guy that gave me the salvia. Not me, by the way. No, not no. My <laughs> friend. Different person. Different from Steve. Missouri. He's my boy, but he is a fucked up Korean. He, he, he gave us basalts. He was. We were going to this Johnny Walker tasting. So it's like six of us. So we're like, Steve's like, hey guys, since we can't get any cocaine, I got some basalts, and we're like, basalts. Well, this is before the whole eat your face. I was gonna thing. say, geez. before the eat your face thing in Florida, and so basically. You know, six of us, so we all do the bath salts, we all snort, and it's like a hard, harsh, like, it's so harsh going up your nose. It's, it's painful. It's almost like, I don't know, I, I've never did meth, but I guess that's what meth would like feel like. Like a burning kind It's of? a burning sensation in your nose. Ugh. And so, we're we're on our way there, and we're just all, all six of us are just feeling funny, with the exception of that motherfucker, Steve. He's he didn't just take it? it? No, he did. Okay. He's just a fucking weirdo. 
<laughs> but so we're at the tasting and one of the dudes, you know, he's talking about Johnny Walker and it's like in a big like place and all of us are looking at each other and we're just all like this and moving around. Like you could tell we were crack well, you guys can't see it obviously, but <laughs> right. we look crackish. They were in a they were on a dance. We team. were crackish they were on and a Twitch pop. And dance we were starting team. to sweat. Oh, and yes. you know, we Sweated were like Tyrone Biggums. <laughs> Seriously. Like, How did it feel? What was the like the fi- it was so speedy and you were agitated speedy and it was like you we were pissed off. Really? We were was there any hallucinations? Off. There was no, no. It's just, it's all speed. It's just so much speed, and and you you feel this ego, but you feel like a monster. Like I want to re- rip his face off. And but like we're all mad at Steve because like it's like having bad drugs basically. It was yeah. just, It's terrible. Yeah. It was fucking terrible. And then we decided to do more. Oh. <laughs> oh why? Why? And after that, it just goes downhill. There was some arguing and uh, some like tears. It was like a wave of emotion, but weird, and agitated then mo- emotion. Johnny Walker. I mean, drinking. And then whiskey. we were drinking scotch. I mean, yeah. everyone cries when they drink oh, scotch. Classy. I mean, Everybody that's just pretty. You know, you got people like nice, looking formal, and like we look crackish. Yes, I felt like a to- And then and it, I could not sleep. I was like, Ugh. just, it was terrible. And I was like, still agitated. And I started cleaning stuff. And I'm like, this is almost as bad as meth. Because that is what it is. It's synthetic meth, y'all. It's synthetic it's meth. Synthetic oh. meth. <gasps> but I, Stop I, it. That and might be the is oldest. That the what new it ones is? like meth and LSD combined. Like, that's where the face eaters come from. Yeah. I this w- it, these are the things that they manufacture in China. And they're just like, one and it's yeah. thing yeah. off. And one so little it's molecule. Legal. It's fucking one legal. That shit molecule is off. Weird. That sucks. It is. That it is like the worst calm, calm down ever. But and that's I, what. But then people want to do it. The kids will do whatever. The kids are so bored. That's why meth is a problem in the mid in the Midwest, right? Because and like, here. and, and here. here, well, because kids get bored. Yeah. I mean, there's and they. There's a big meth problem like on the West Coast, but I Missouri. There's a big meth problem everywhere, everywhere. man. Everywhere heroin I go, they're like, "We're the king of meth." He- know, heroin is the East Coast, though. Yeah. Well, heroin. actually, heroin now is coming in more because. Uh, you see it more with the pharmaceutical like stuff that they get some hooked. Right, the Oxycontins. Oxycontins. Yeah. That should, yeah. Another thing I will not touch. I, I got a little hooked on those. Not bad, but like I actually had like an injury. And then I found that if I took more than the prescribed dosage, I felt great. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I got into those for a minute. And then I, I didn't realize it was a, like a problem until... A buddy of mine like broke his hand in a party, and I was all excited, like, "Dude, you're gonna get some pain pills." Did <laughs> <laughs> you kick me one or two? And he's like crying, his bones sticking out of his hand. <laughs> I'm like, "Dude, it's gonna be good, man. Oh, it's really? gonna be good. This is awesome. Really? I can't believe you're so lucky, dude." Oh, you're a big yeah. awesome. Sobriety. Those we're talking. Dude, that shit fucking tears you up. Sobriety is the condition of not having any measurable levels or effects from mood-altering drugs. Yeah. See, so technically, it's like I'm not riding sober because I still have CBD and. Sobriety is continued abstinence from psychoactive drug use. Sobriety is also considered to be the natural state of a human being given at birth. I haven't been in a natural state since I was probably 14 or 15 years old, and that's what I'm going for now. Like, Once I get this two months of the no pot smoking, no drinking, then the next round is cigarettes and caffeine. We're getting rid of all this Nice. Yeah. Uh, cleaning your body. Sobriety has specific meanings with within specific contexts, such as culture of 
Many substance use recovery programs, law enforcement, some schools of psychology. In some cases, sobriety implies achieving life balance. Life balance. All right. There we go. That's fine. See, life balance. I, I feel out of balance. I'm coming back more into balance. But, the, I don't, you know, it's not a struggle, though. Like, I enjoy it. Like That's good, then. Because I, 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 when I look at that, well, that's the thing is I think it's – I believe strongly in the momentum. Like, that's when you, like, you've been drinking for a while and you got all the momentum going with the drinking and you're like, ah, oh, maybe I should – but this is, like, my routine now. Right. And, and, uh, and the thing is, like, since you've done it all, it's, it's just like, okay – so uh, let me try this, uh, you know, cleaning myself, you know, you know, yeah. changing the lifestyle, changing another chapter. Not saying that I'm not, you know, once in a while going to partake or anything, but at the same time, it's, you're going back to your balance, basically. It's almost like the same way I looked at acid when I was younger and first learning about hallucinogens. I now think about in terms of like not being in a natural state, like. What is that like? <laughs> I, w- I wonder what that would feel like. No nicotine, no caffeine, no THC, no alcohol, just me. Ugh, it sounds awful on paper. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people can't do it. That's true. Or you can do it up into a certain point where something catastrophic or pressure gets coming, and then you need something to help cope. I think that's the big. I mean, it's easy to be sober on a you know sunny Friday afternoon. You know. I know I disagree. I <laughs> if it's a sunny Friday afternoon and I'm like, what am I gonna do with my day off? I'm like, oh, fuck, what am I gonna do? Like, cause like, Bender's opens at two. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go day drinking. Look what I'm gonna do with my beautiful day. That's sometimes that's sometimes on me on Sunday. I can't not. I mean, my it's like I wouldn't. I don't know what to do if I'm not. If I, I have a day off. I mean, I feel like sometimes even I take a lot of work with the babysitting on because I know I have to be sober for it. And so I think I know I won't. I think there's plenty to do. I think since, you know, we're lucky to live in this area just to get out of the city and go someplace is, uh, you know, that's what I've been trying to do instead of like, you know, Sunday fun day day drinking, using Sundays for like, you know, maybe like just going exploring because there's so much to explore. It's super Shabbos. I don't touch money. I don't do work. I don't answer the fucking phone, dude. Super Shabbos. Exactly. Well, dude, you're not even fucking Jewish, man. Now, now that my uh, that Jonathan's stupid football is over, I can't have Sundays back with him. They won't let me put listen to any of the. I'm trying to get the rehab stuff up. And yeah, just rehab bartender song. They, yeah, uh, we can play that. I have it all up. So you guys are, I am I am definitely uh, on Alta California Botanicals <laughs> right now. You guys are listening to the Alta cast. Mood You're on YouTube. Mood altering botanicals. Right now, while you listen to this, look in the mirror and say botanicals five times and just look at your fucking face while you say it. You can't stop laughing. It's insane. This is the physical challenge portion of the altercade. <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> rehab bartender songs sitting at a bar. <coughs> Here on Mutiny Radio. <laughs> Dot FM. Bartender, I really did it this time. Broke my parole to have a good time. When I got home, it was 6 a.m. The door was locked, so I kicked it in. She was tripping on the bed.
the, our computer boxes are so unhappy with us and the rest of our lives. Uh, it's just what happens here at Mutiny Radio. Sometimes the internet goes wonky funky. It happens. It's okay. Well, it could also be the ghost in the machine saying, fuck you for playing a country song. Thanks, Steve Poggi. <laughs> that was his request. I'm like, all right. It has the word rehab in it. That's fine. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck. I don't know. I don't like country music. Some people love it. You know, let them. I don't. I, don't I just went say. back to Missouri there for a minute. Did you? <laughs> had a flashback. Flashing back all the flashback way. Flashback of Southwest Missouri, the Ozarks. Oh my goodness. Yes. I don't. I couldn't even point to that on a map. Oh, we're at the Ozark Mountains. Yeah, that's some real hillbilly country. Uh, I don't. Uh, I'm. I'm trying to find some sort of. Oh, it's because the YouTube went down. It's oh, okay. YouTube went down. It's that was not us. That was them. No, I, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's our fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's my fault. Uh, you guys are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm every Wednesday from noon to two, followed by Y Steinberg's Think Grow Love Radio. She's coming back. I'm excited for her meditation times. Uh, we yeah yeah you deep into her and her meditation. Good stuff. So this is the AltaCast. Radio.fm. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I'm joined by Latoya, the sheriff of Truth Win. Hola. And Steve Poggi. I want Steve a cool Poggi. nickname like Sheriff of Truth. <laughs> Man, I'm just fucking. You got Poggi. Hey, go. here's fucking old dumb face. That's what we got. So we're gonna. Well, sobriety. I usually, I usually equate sobriety with meaning stick in the mud, but it doesn't have to be that. No. Well, speaking of stick in the mud, can we can we talk about the game so I can maybe get some yeah, ideas from the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Because give us a call four one five 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 zero zero five one one. So here's how the game works. Um, being sober and excited, um, uh, the person that uh, I have an interest in now is uh, not the same thing. Like they're not sober. Like they're far more tame in anything that I've ever done. Like they've you know, been told what to do their whole life through academics and everything else, and I've never listened to anybody. Uh, so we're going out on this date, and we're going to go to uh, Point Reyes and do, like, trail walking. So we're both performers, so I decided to make up this little game to uh, help the date kind of move along, break the ice, and act kind of goofy and silly and stupid. So the idea being is you have, like, a plastic bag, and then you have these things printed out, and they're all rolled up, so it's just like a plastic bag with a little... Uh, paper balls in there and then you know you take turns drawing one of the things and then you have something to do so the ones that I have so far do you need some ribbon you can take some ribbon from us you can tie them in the little box there's ribbon I'll give you ribbon so you can tie them and it'll be make them look like antique scrolls scrolls? (laughs) no because then you're going to get in there to shuffle them all up and they're going to come apart no they won't not if you tie them with a little bow well here's the thing after you do the thing you have to eat the paper I didn't just talk about (laughs) that no So these are the activities. It's a combination of activities and questions. Uh, And it's kind of like at midnight to where, like, you're going to get points, but the points don't really matter. So the first one is uh, slow dance to a David Bowie song. That was top priority. I wanted to put that out there. Uh, Tell an embarrassing story. List your pet peeves. Uh, Who has been the biggest influence in your life? What should I know about you that I'd never think to ask? 
When was the last time you pissed your pants? That was a Benjamin submission. Uh, howl, like a, howl like a wolf for 10 seconds. Tell a story from your childhood in the Christian Bale Batman voice. Have a photo taken of you with T-Rex arms and post it to Facebook. Say a comics comic saw a comet on circa closed circuit closed captioning five times fast. Uh, do your best river dance for 30 seconds. Tell a story when you were scared as a pirate. Uh, draw a dirty picture on the trail. Rap about pizza for 30 seconds. Oh my god. Staring contest, reciting movie lines. First one to laugh uh, loses. Best Chewbacca impression. Tell a stranger your spirit animal. <laughs> and uh, if you got $10 million, what's the first thing that you would do? So, and then also there's like reversals or, you know, take two things. So if you have any more ideas of what you can, uh, what would be fun to do, uh, you know, let me fucking know. However you do that. Nice. Give us a call, 415-550-0511. I'm going to get there. I'm going to... Like be like, hey, I got this fun little game. She's like, that is the stupidest shit I have ever fucking heard of. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> that no, I think that's awesome. You date creatively. No one does that I'm anymore. I'm trying to, man, because you can't just because uh, that's no the one thing. Does that anymore. When you don't have the oh, let's you know, let's just get a six pack, and sit <laughs> by the water, like that kind of. <laughs> you gotta, you have to have igniters to get conversations and stuff going. And plus. I feel like if you're comfortable acting like, you know, a T-Rex in front of somebody, then you're going to be comfortable around that person, right? Yeah. There's yep. a method to this, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if you, if you, you want to... the silly? If you want to get the things for the game, I, I think the best thing to do is I'm going to, like, type them out in email. So if you want the email, I can email it to you. And then if you add more to it or if you create your own, you can submit them so we can get, like, a master kind of list thing going. Because after you've done it before, you don't want to be on another date, assuming you want to play again. And then, you know, oh, I get to do the T-Rex thing again. Right? Fuck, great, this is fun. You, know, you got to keep the ideas fresh. But they're kind of hard to think of. Well, pe making people interact, that's nice. It's like yeah. speed dating, but long form. <laughs> it's like speed dating without the bath salts. Without <laughs> <laughs> the bath And agitation. <laughs> that would be... <laughs> someone needs to write that scene into a movie. Someone takes bath salts in a comedy. Someone takes bath salts before they go to a speed dating thing. Oh, I'm oh my it's God. It's like an Amy Poehler feature or something, right? Yeah. Like that... Movie. That would be I hilarious, actually. All right. We are about 30 minutes away from Think, Grow, Love with Y Steinberg. Coming up here on Mutiny Radio. I am so high. <laughs> <laughs> it's 127, uh, which means that it's time for you to go out to your local dispensary and ask for it by name, Alta California Botanicals. <laughs> the stink in the biz. <laughs> All right, we were talking about sobriety, which I certainly am not right now. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I have plenty of fucking. I was a drunk idiot guy. One time I was at a fancy upscale friend of a friend's place, wasted as fuck again, and uh, it was like a nice like condo that they had, and uh, I was there. You know, like they're like, oh, dude, this is Steve. He's our buddy. He's fun to hang around. He's and I got there, and I went into their bathroom and, like, vomited, sprayed all over oh the toilet. God. Like, down the side of it, oh. on the carpet and everything. And then walked out and was like, all right, guys, we got to go. It's been nice meeting you. And then I just walked outside and, like, laid in a bush for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> until, 
until the guy, the, the girlfriend of the host came down and was like, what the fuck did you do to the bathroom? I'm like, we left. You can't do nothing about it. <laughs> we, you and yourself. Just me. Just me. My ride wasn't leaving. They were like, ooh, we're going to have fun, even though he destroyed the bathroom. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. You didn't even try to clean it up. I, I didn't have wherewithal. I didn't know anything. I was so embarrassed that this happened because I was like, oh, I got to puke, but I wasn't expecting it to, like, spray out like a radius. Did you not open the seat? No, I, I don't even think I crouched <laughs> down. I just went, bah! <laughs> and fucking doused everything with Cheetos or whatever I ate. All your DNA sprayed. Oh, man. Uh, oh. And your Doritos. There was that. There was one time we played uh, beer pong, but we had Captain Morgan oh, in the Cubs. Yeah. And I was drinking Ew. Camo XXX tall what cans. I, for a while, I had a thing for <laughs> horrible liquor. So, like, Colt 45, <laughs> King Cobra 40 ounces. Some bullshit. Yeah, I, I thought bullshit. I was tough by drinking this shit. No, oh, my God. It was just very unpleasant to be around. <laughs> <laughs> No way. I don't like malt liquor. It does not go with my self. I don't. Mm -hmm. I can't Hell do it. no. I don't like no 40s. That shit tastes like piss. Yeah. And when it's warm, yeah. oh, even warm piss. Even like when it's Miller, it's still it's like. Ooh. Uh, one time I had a, a buddy that went to Europe and he went to Holland and he bought a bottle of absinthe and mailed nice. it back to me and it was like a traditional like wormwood recipe nice. kind of thing. And uh, so me and uh, my cousin's husband, who uh -oh. I think they were just dating then, and uh, one of his buddies, we meet up in Conquer somewhere. And uh, like, you're supposed to prepare absinthe by, it's supposed to be like incredibly chilled, like Jägermeister, right? And you're supposed to pour it over a sugar cube to kind of cut out some of the bitterness yeah. and like with water and stuff. And like, they really have special absinthe tools yeah, that you use. You light like the sugar yeah. on fire and then. This shit sat in my yeah. car in the sun for two days. Then we poured it into fucking <laughs> oversized wine glasses and shot it. What? And uh, it was funny. The f I, I fucking choked it down and I thought to myself, there is n like there. <laughs> I don't hate myself enough to drink this like regularly. And then the cousin's husband put it in and it just came right back out and then he thanked me for it and i was like yeah, that's pretty nice like i gave you something that made you fill up <laughs> like your body reacted as if it was drano <laughs> oh my thanked me for it oh hell no well i had it at a bar here in the mission years ago when it became legal or whatever here and some absinthe company was having a party and they were like $12 a piece, and they were doing it with all their sugar and all yeah. their shit and blah, blah. And I'm like, 12 bucks? Jesus, it's not worth that much to me. I think Marilyn Manson got into the absinthe market for like a little while. He had his own absinthe. We used to have absinthe at the bar that I worked at in Chicago, and we used to do it the classic way like that. It was really fun. It was, it was C.S. Lewis was really big on that shit when he was doing the line of the Witch in the Wardrobe, I think. Wow, I that's think that's cool. how I had first encountered it, was looking at his Wikipedia page. That's cool. Yeah. Because C.S. Lewis was super Christian. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> we don't have to get so into that go. today. Wind <laughs> it down here on the botanical dash. <laughs> Jesus wasn't sober. He loved wine. Yeah, exactly. He was a good dude. Yeah, he liked wine, man. We should say something about David Bowie and stuff. Yeah. You were sad about Oh, him. yeah, dude. I, I cried like a little baby you for cried? about a day. Oh, oh, yeah, dude. I, uh, he's like, like my, he's one of my favorite heroes. Really? He was, yeah. My aunt took me to go see him with Nine Inch Nails when I was 14 at 
Riverport Amphitheater in St. Oh, Louis. Oh, shit. <laughs> now it's like fucking <laughs> Old Navy Fun Zone or something. <laughs> Some corporation bought it. Of course. Of course they did. This is in St. Louis, by the way. And it, like, changed my life. It really did. It was really, it's really was weird. Was Bowie like headlining? Uh, he yeah, it was the outside, been, right? it was the outside tour. Outside lands? No, outside tour. Oh, outside tour. It was album, the tour. Oh, yes, oh okay. Yes, yes. I see where you're and it was just, album. the it opening band was just it was awesome, too. It was just, yeah, it was really, a, like, one of those experiences, like, when you see one of your favorite artists and you're just, like, frozen, it was like that, you know? And I have everything by him, everything. And I, I keep spinning around in this chair, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, you know. I'm sorry for your loss, Ben. Yeah, everyone, everyone's been, like, saying that to me, like, I knew him. But it's weird, like, I, I've been reading some, like, the feeds and stuff, and, like, I'm not the only asshole that feels that way, so. No, yeah. th- actually, I've been really surprised about the reaction to his loss because, like, you know, we, Lemmy just died, and uh, Scott Weiland just died, but, like, there hasn't been the outpouring of yeah. emotions. Natalie like Cole fans. No, Where Natalie are they? Cole, yeah. But I, I feel like a lot more females were into David Bowie than they were necessarily like Lemmy or Scott Weiland. So I don't yeah. know if that has it. Like, it seems I like they, it helped someone through some sort of time or something. It or? Did, it, it, well, if you know, the thing is, it's just like it, you know, his artistry, his artistry of things too. You know what he did. You know, and not even just in the music, but in art form and politically, you know, you know, he was talking about uh, he came out on MTV what, back in 1983 and he asked him why they didn't play back black videos. And there's an old clip of it, too, that's been posted really? all over like the place. Yeah, oh yeah. And then, you know, even with like, you know, saying that he was bisexual when it was like such a, at a time when it wasn't acceptable to do even be that or come out or play with it. You know, that's that's something to think about. You know, androgyny. You know, that's an art form. You know, yeah. I um, you know, a lot of my boyfriends used to wear eyeliner, so. <laughs> there you go. You know, there I go. You know, so. It feels like during that time period, though, there was more of like a, like pre-internet, there was more of like a mythology built around stuff because it was like y- there was no like endless database of information right. that you could just right. you know punch in and stuff so it's like someone would tell you like oh man yeah did you hear fucking david bowie and trent reznor <laughs> hooking up or like you'd hear all <laughs> kinds of weird shit like that yeah. and that's just like all just gone yeah it's it's like uh it's like playing telephone yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but there, I, in some way i think that's like how like legends and like urban legend kind of people right came up i don't think i think those are kind of over i don't think you're gonna have that anymore. No, i think bill murray's the last dude, one and you were just talking well, about lemmy he could show up at the bar anywhere yeah and time. you were talking about lemmy he used to always hang out at the rainbow club in hollywood yeah you know you could just go there and you'll run into him yeah you know? but it's Th- like you don't there's no everyone now is a brand no. yes oh, this is yes brand. what's your logo for your brand <laughs> It's not about the music. It's about yeah, how many yeah. cokes can you sell? And not even music. It's just it's all all artists now. Everyone's. And the funny thing about that is David Bowie hated that period of his life when he was doing that. You know, you know when he was you know when he sold out. He says, 
He hated that period. He's just like soundtrack okay. for Pretty Woman in 1990. Is that what we're talking about? No, no, he <laughs> didn't do that. <laughs> no, he was. He was on it. Bang! That's what that song was on the. Was that on the Pretty it Woman? It was on the Pretty Woman soundtrack. I had it. Oh, on the tape. remake. Oh, the remake. The the the, the, the 1991. Yeah, yeah you're right. With, with that's right. I forgot about Julia that Julia Roberts. With Julia Roberts. Oh, yeah. That movie's stupid. It's I hate it, that movie. Yeah. Well, the myths that we perpetuate. Oh, gosh. So silly. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, David Bowie. Um, yeah, and I, you know, during the time like with like uh, Let's Dance and all that, oh, uh-huh. you know, when he was always like always on MTV and trying to sell stuff, and you know, he said he hated that period. You know, he wasn't creative. Right. You know, manufacturing. Right. He wasn't creative, so he stopped doing it. But you see, I so mean, the many opportunity to have money would be so. But, but once you have but, that money and then you're not worried about it anymore, then you almost... Really but the thing is, like, in order to do it, you have to tap dance and shuffle and act like a fool and yeah. sell your soul to somebody. Play the clown. Yeah. <laughs> dance monkey. You know... Dance magic dance. <laughs> <laughs> you... Ooh, magic move. <laughs> I, like I can't do the... I can't do the rap part. <laughs> it's a double with the baby with the bug. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds pretty accurate. Yes. <laughs> MC Pam. <laughs> that was a good song. But, I mean, yeah, you were talking about how everything is a brand, and it's just like, and even the brand isn't even an art form. It's just like you don't even try. Yeah. It's just boring. It's excuses to get untalented people involved with talented people. Like, I'll run your social networks and your Twitter <laughs> feeds. I'll just put out your stuff for you. Exactly. Well, if you do have somebody working, like, eight hours a day to try to promote you, things something has to happen somewhere doesn't it thing, i mean it's it's the classic thing of you know if you slap the tide logo in front of enough people's faces so many times they're going to just be programmed to buy tide mm-hmm. i think that's information that we got from the nazis for like propaganda <laughs> and shit. that's what that's what i think of all of our marketing all of our marketing is backed from uh hitler and how he was able to brainwash a country and the united states was like dude we're capitalists write this shit down uh, <laughs> yeah we're gonna sell fucking teddy bears with this shit. Yep. Well, uh, I'm just uh, I don't, don't want to get political. I just don't want to. But <laughs> uh, I was talking with some comedians and Jonathan the other night, and and some of guys from FTW too, Forever Two Wheels Mondays eight to ten, and we're outside talking about like socialism and why it doesn't work and blah blah. And I said the problem is that we in our country or in our society we don't value work equally, and I think that work whether it's digging a ditch or building something or taking care of someone or taking care of a baby or writing a story or whatever, okay, all of that is work. And all of that work should be equally valued across the board. And, and, and then duh, and Ian Levy was like, well, let me play devil's advocate. <laughs> uh, what's the incentive for people to want to be doctors and all that stuff? And I'm like, well, if all the education's free and you can do whatever you want and all of your work valued the same then you can do whatever you want to do you just have to work at something and it'll eventually work out because people will want to be doctors and people will want to be lawyers and it'll all it's just socialism you just don't just all work is valued the same but people can't do that they're like well the people that make my clothes the Bangladesh it needs to be less or like we're all people and everybody can give their skills equally and I it bothers me that some people's work which is harder than ours is valued like so less. Yeah, but then that would get boring. <laughs> you wouldn't have anyone to fight and cuss about. 
Well, but wouldn't it be better if instead of spending time fighting and cussing, we all found ways to like build together? And I sound like that. No, if we just sat around and looked at rainbows and <laughs> petted our dogs and you know fed each other's cats, this we could make this happen. Yeah. No, there's Furry there's people things. genetically that are just cunts, <laughs> and that's because yes. of those people. And as we get more people on this planet, we get more cunts. All right, our yeah. cunt levels are rising and skyrocketing through the, the stock market's the crashing, the cunt market's rising, <laughs> and we need to. I think we should give everyone a three foot by like inch and a half stick, and if someone fucks with you bad enough, and you have the capabilities to hit them with your stick. You should be able to hit them with a stick. <laughs> and, you know, if, they, if they're somewhere else and, you know, they're away from you and they can't interfere, then you can't hit them with your stick. So you can't give them, you know. I'm just saying, if we all just hit each other with sticks, <laughs> I think we could get to the bottom of the cunt market issue. Uh, you know, I, I do kind of agree with you a little bit in that. Take there a swing. Have, well, there have been times where there, I, well, for it to be acceptable for me, and, and metaphorically speaking, to be able to be like, to tell someone when they're being a cunt. To be like, you know, I wouldn't want to use like the literal stick, but if you could like actually be honest with people and they would take it and you would say like, wow, you are really being a cunt right now. <laughs> and they were like, oh, I can take that feedback in some way. Oh, no, that's that's not going to happen. Change. No one, no one wants no. to hear that they're a cunt <laughs> unless they're at the rock bottom. <gasps> no one wants that. <laughs> we're putting feminism back like five to seven years but we're pushing comedy forward i feel like at least six to seven months anything <laughs> anything where it's just about one person or one group getting better shit i, I feel like you're like it's like almost like a reverse racism like it's not like these people should get more of this it's like all people should be at this level and if they're not at this level we need to you know make sure they get up to that level not like, oh, I'm a female, so I'm supreme ruler of the universe because I cut my hair short and I've got a mustache. Like, that's not, I don't enjoy that kind of feminism. I don't support those people. All right, you can blow your ethnicity out your assholes. Fair enough. I got nothing on that one. I got nothing. <laughs> See, if we had a stick, maybe we could push the button. We could figure it out. Uh, if you guys come down to the studio on. 21st in Florida, 2781 21st Street. There's this really kind of cool, weird, new art thing up, and it's all of these labor um, heroes from the world. Uh, uh, some of them I didn't know who they are, and, but they're all these little explanations, and they're written by uh, Bill Morgan, who is the B on Saturdays from 10 to noon, and his show is called Labor and Love, and it's all about like labor issues and communism and stuff uh, dude it's really sad to come down here and read these things and see the kind of shit that someone had to sacrifice their life in order to achieve it, it's like and we take it for harry harry now. bridges was gunned down because he said he should have a 15 minute break it's like oh <laughs> yeah, my well. god man that <laughs> shit was fucking like it was borderline slavery basically like there was not really work it was just rich people and dumb fucks who put widgets together <laughs> and yeah, yeah. all the child labor laws all that stuff like dude it is really crazy little fingers deft work and you know what's weird is you would think coming down here and reading this stuff would inspire you because all these people's messages were so admirable and noble 
but they all got executed. So yeah. you're just like, oh, we're we're just an evil set of creatures, is what we are. <laughs> Solar flare. Let's knock out the electricity and start over. Well, that's I think the we thing. take it for granted. I really do. I think yeah. we really take it for granted, and people don't realize like these people, you know, what they did for us, and then you know, we're just all on our iPhones. Martin tap, Luther tap, King tap, Day. Tap, See, tap, and tap, I, tap. I I have a theory on that. You know. Like, when you think in the terms of video games, when video games went from, like, Pong to, like, Atari Pac-Man, right? And, like, we've known about those. We've played them, and we've seen everything develop. But now th there's kids that come out, and the first video game they play is Call of Duty 8, oh where they're stabbing Jesus. people in the face. and you know. Sh and, but it's like, that's their video game, and they don't appreciate the other stuff necessarily, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. You brought it back to video games. Yeah, it's all about the Mario Bros. But the thing is, I'm <laughs> balanced because I still appreciate my Atari. Mm, I got Nintendo 64 like a whore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Aww. I almost bought, like, those, like, stupid fake uh, Ataris, like, at Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh, where they give you, like, a certain amount of games yeah. and, like, a joystick? I almost got it, and I'm like, this isn't real. This is fake. Thrift stores. That's exactly. And every time when I go to a thrift store, I, I, I don't ever see one. I used to see them all the time. You got to pounce quickly, man. Yeah. You got to wait for the stars to twinkle, the sun to line up in the right shade, Mars waiting. to be in retrograde, and then, you know, you can stumble across a find. I will one day. I will have my Atari back. I'm this never, I've never been a video game player. Oh, yeah. I've I never been. It's just never. Nintendo and Super NES. Oh, man. I remember the Return of the Jedi game for Super NES. I still want to play that game. I might go home and download an emulator <laughs> so I can play that later. I just, I can't even conceptualize because I was never good at them. I just, I don't have hand-eye coordination. No one ever is. No. You must learn. First of all. No, I don't have that kind of time. Come you on, know, Skywalker. Listen, I used so to play Super, things I'd want to do. I used to play Super Mario Brothers for hours, and still to this day, I cannot get the princess, but I still try. Yeah, you still try. I still try. And people make fun of me that the fact that I still can't get to the pr princess. Well, you know what? If I, there was a Nintendo in front of me, I would still keep trying. And I would do it for hours, I swear. It's not about getting the princess. It's <laughs> about trying to get the it's princess. It's still trying. And that's on the first Super Mario, ladies and gentlemen. That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just had to break it down with my date. I was like, you know, uh, you know, we've been talking for a while. And I just got to know, you know, how do you feel about Nintendo 64? <laughs> you know, spit out your feelings now because they're going to come to light if you try to hide them. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I just, uh, I've never, I'm never cared about video games but i don't despise them i mean i've watched a lot of them but i'll usually just read a book <laughs> while like he, if, if he wants to play video games i'll read a book yeah i like to read books i, I like books but i i mean i'm an old school gamer yeah. i'm old school i stop give me I cartridges or give me death exactly i'm i'm one of those so and i lost everything after 1997 so that's yeah i, I just never <laughs> experienced any modicum of success playing the games and so I think I gave up so quickly because I just determination dude interactive story man you gotta earn your story you gotta get all the flowers you gotta get the sunshine rays and the fucking blue flute and otherwise you don't find out what happens to Jerry <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're I have no idea what you're talking well, about well see that's like me and Pete we play video games but I'm the kind of person where I play video games I immediately set it on the hardest difficulty setting possible and then like let's let's fucking play, son. Let's get some skill going. Where he's like, you know, he's putting in God mode codes and shit, and he's cheating and stuff. <laughs> I can't play with you, bro. I can't play. 
He's talking about like some of the uh, secret moves and shit, and you know. Yeah. Yeah. The hidden, the hidden shit that nobody else knows. You gotta push it real good. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> what you gotta do is you gotta get yourself some boot tentacles. <laughs> you gotta get yourself a Nintendo 64. No Nintendo. And a bottle of water because you're not drinking. And then you gotta get in there and you gotta hammer out Legend of Zelda. They just had a thing. Oh, a blind guy beat Zelda for Nintendo 64. No way. It took him five years, but he beat it just based off of audio cues of like the guys like click, 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 as they run along and then you know the monster making a noise. That's, That's insane. Insane. And I guess he live broadcasted himself trying this. So it's so weird to see someone playing a video game. And they're not facing the screen. Like, it's like his left ear is, like, lining up to the screen, and he's just working the controller listening. Oh, damn. It's fucking trippy, man. With that, uh, <laughs> this has been the AltaCast <laughs> here on MutinyRadio.fm. Took us in a weird direction at the end there with the... Uh, video games. Yeah. With the video games. If but you're not Alta, you're not trying hard enough. If you're not Alta, you're... Uh, I'm definitely on that. Uh, thank you guys for joining us here on the AltaCast. Um, I'm Pam Benjamin. I've been joined by Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, Win, and Steve Poggi. Old uh, dumb face. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my radio name now. <laughs> Old dumb, dumb, dumb face. face. <laughs> uh, if you want to see us later, we'll be at the SF Eagle doing open mic performance comedy. It'll be hilarious. Uh, otherwise, you can always stop by here on Fridays for Pam Tess's Comedy Clubhouse, or earlier than that for Happy Hour if you want to get a set in. If you're so inclined to that sort of persuasion. Yeah. Um, other and I'll than be that, here in February. Or I'll you're be at the here like February. all the time. There's <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's the just look on Facebook. Please just come here on Fridays and Saturdays. I'm like now I feel like I'm begging them. It's a party. It's a party. It's, it's a party. There's great comedians. Okay, bye. <laughs> Tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, 
Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> You look like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. Uh, is the radio talking to me? No, I'm on an internet podcast. Uh, I'm talking to an internet podcast? Don't be silly. It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com with 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts you won't want to miss a thing what if I can't be at every show don't worry all shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart oh podcast god I can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's Cool and radio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need and live music promotion. At some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF, visual and auditory mind control. Go to SubliminalSF.com now. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitative. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live.
live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk. Come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. Did you know that compact fluorescent light bulbs use 60% less energy than regular light bulbs? And that each one saves about 300 pounds of carbon dioxide a year. If all Americans switched to CFLs, we would save more than 90 billion pounds of carbon dioxide. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Muni Radio in San Francisco. People from all over the Bay Area come to the Lindsay Wildlife Museum to experience close encounters with live wild animals. The museum's living collection features more than 50 species of non-releasable native California animals. Visitors can see and learn about wildlife such as eagles, owls, bobcats, coyotes, reptiles, and other fascinating creatures. The museum's world-renowned Wildlife Rehabilitation Hospital treats more than 5,000 wild animals each year with the goal of returning them to their native habitat. The Lindsay Wildlife Museum is in Walnut Creek. To learn more, visit wildlife-museum.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco.
Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent loving for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Welcome to the Think Grow Love Radio podcast, where it's all about women coaches, freelancers, and creatives growing their businesses online while balancing their family and personal lifestyle. Hey, everybody. Yehudit Steinberg here, and thank you so much for joining me here today for another episode of Think Grow Love Radio. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming on. We're so happy to have you join us. What we do here. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike. Spiegelman, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, that's L-W-Y-A-F-L, full length, M, movie, O, on, Y-T, YouTube. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube, I forgot the name of the show, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. How are you? Oh, uh, I just feel so L-F-M-W-M-O-Y-T. I can't even tell you. Yeah. Still the Waffle Ox. I was, um, 
reading in the paper this morning that if you, you know, if you planned on uh, LWAFLMOITing, today was the day to do it. It's great weather. Great weather for it. Lousy weather here in California. Mm. It's a winter summer. Summer full of winter, that's all it was. Yeah, whatever. Then it gets nice. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to watch a full-length movie. We're going to talk. We're going to have old men talk about the weather for 20 minutes, and then <laughs> we're going to kick into our show. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube, where we watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you. Uh, let us watch, and you listen to the podcast at the same time of the movie. Carl, what is the movie today? Today we were watching Brain Dead, 1990. Brain Dead. Now, you might bump into Brain Dead 2007. That's not for you. Brain Dead 1990. That's what you put in the search engine of your YouTube search. And we like the channel T I R N A N O G. Turnanog. Turnanog. No, in fact, I want to, I'm going to subscribe to this uh, channel as well. So we want you to type in Brain Dead. You just, she subscribed. I know I did. You're a, you're just a subscriber. I crave content, Carl. Mm. Oh, is that why? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, we want you to type in "brain dead." It's it's it's, it's called "brain dead 1990" with Bud Cork. Spoiler. Right. Click the link from uh, Turnanog, but hit pause and move the uh, slider to the left. We want you to get to zero zero zero, and. I think when you hear go, go, and we have none other than the Countdown King, Proxy himself, Proxy. himself, Paul Brumba. Paul Brumba usually does our countdown. He is the host of, oh, geez, Carl, I'm just going straight to the movie today. Geez. Uh, he's the host of The Edge of Insanity, another podcast, and airs streams right before us. Yeah. If you listen to us, which you should. On MutinyRadio.fm, it's an internet radio station, mm -hmm. and our show streams first on MutinyRadio.fm every Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2% 2 Pacific, <laughs> 2% Pacific, and uh, just a little so you can make an afternoon, just, just a smidge Pacific, and uh, we want you to, you can hang out and make a Sunday out of it, listen to Paul's show, and listen to our show, or just Subscribe to the podcast, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's also our YouTube channel where we think the movie. Anyway, let's get back to the Brumba. All right, so let's get this started. I am, I am ready. It was a live show. We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to Brumba. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to Brumba. Okay, so let's get ready to Brumba. And now, what you've all been waiting for, master of the descending numerals, the countdown king himself. Would you please welcome Mr. Paul Brumbaugh? All right, guys, you know the drill. Put that finger right over that triangle and do it in three, two, one, go. Cool. It starts off with Homer Simpson's brain. Oh, it's really called Brain Dead, and there's a brain. Yeah. And there's the title, Brain Dead. But, you know, looking at the scan, the brain was very much alive. Yeah. Maybe that guy's name was Brian. Brian dead. <laughs> Brian. Wow, what a lineup. <laughs> Brian dead. Richard Pryor. <laughs> Richard Pryor. 
Wilds. Oh, and George Kennedy. Right. Couldn't the producers? Didn't couldn't Corman afford a font? <laughs> that font come in the uh, demo. <laughs> I've never seen a movie where I want to commit suicide just reading the font. Art House book by Peter Francis Rudder. Oh, that's a CT scan, right? Did I get it right? Uh, I don't know. Your head? Probably. Whoa, move over, lawnmower man. Special effects has a new home. <laughs> nice. By Julie Corman. So, we love watching Roger Corman movies, and this is produced by his wife, right? Or is it a yeah, Julie Corman. Um... And Julie Corman was uh, daughter or wife. It's it's a wife, and she had like um, uh, two hundred films uh, on her shelf, and she's like, I'm sick of looking at these, and so she had a million people read them. Find me a good one, and the one they picked sat, sat on the shelf for twenty three years. Really, this yeah. movie took like yikes. There's a face. Oh, he's playing with brains. Yes, he is playing, and he's about to get caught by his boss. Ooh, don't you hate that? Yes. So this movie came. They wrote this in 1977. Uh, let me look exactly. But I'm just saying, it's 1990, and it took 20. Originated 23 years prior. There's a guy named Charles Beaumont, and he wrote a script. Uh, this script in the, uh, I'm not clear on, okay, film 23 years after his death, uh, he was a regular writer on the original Twilight Zone, and that's really his claim to fame, Charles Beaumont, and he did a lot of scripts gotcha. for Roger Corman, Edgar Allan Poe's, uh, Poe films, etc., he wrote more episodes yeah. than Rod than anyone but Rod Serling himself. So, oh, in the Twilight Zone, huh? Wow. Right. So, so like when someone, so yeah. Yeah, she found this script, or one of her people did, and Adam Simon, uh, who is another writer, said, "I could make this modern," and he like brushed it up, and it became this movie. Wow. You could tell Beaumont's scripts for the Twilight Zone that they're, they differ from Sterling because uh, it's never a uh, metaphor for the House of Un-American activities, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> see a pattern there. This is your future. This he wrote the same episode Union. times. <laughs> I know. And then you ever watch Night Gallery with with Rod Sterling? No. Ah, uh, sad. It's cool. It's cool because it exists. But it's also just kind of he he hosts this show in color and it's, it it lasted a few seasons, but that's fun. Now this script was so old, uh, it was on something they a paper, a paper it's called Onion Skin, and they had a lot of trouble photocopying it because it was pre Xerox photocopy. Um, now Corman swears they really stuck to the original script, even though it was punched up. Yeah, well, I mean, what do they say? Like, let's add a computer to the lab. <laughs> yeah. We're done. <laughs> we did it. I mean, there was still brains of jars. 
30, 25 years ago. God, look how young Pullman looked. Yeah. Now, this is like Dr. Rex Pullman. Martin, and you're right, it's Bill Pullman, and he is a specialist with brains and trying to figure out how to, you know, from where uh, uh, problems are in the brain, how you can fix them, you know, abnormalities. And he specializes in paranoia, and he... Uh, He's pretty much figured out a way to like cure paranoia, but it's all experimental. It's all in the lab. It's all with, uh, you know, dead brains. Well, Carl, why did you bring up paranoia? Because of me, right? <laughs> yeah, I knew it. You knew it. So obvious. You know, that last scene was the man with two brains. You could edit that joke in during it. I Look at that picture. Is that Picasso? No, it's a 1800s lithograph. It's not Picasso at all. Uh, and I don't know why it's special. Like, oh, double billing. Double hey, billing. Double billing. I can't tell them apart. Who's that? Is that Pullman again? Yeah. It's now Bill this Paxton. Is Jim, Jim Reston. I mean, it's Bill Paxton, but his name's Jim Reston, and he is a head of R&D at the Euless Corporation. Uh, he is young and oily. Yeah. I've never seen that Paxton so oily before. He is young and oily, and he's slimy. He always plays a slimy guy. He always plays a slimy guy. Right. He tries to talk well, you know about how, uh, things and bullies. We, we should mention up front that one of the reasons why we're, we're watching this movie for two reasons. Three reasons. It's a Corman picture. Yeah. Uh, but it also has Bud Court in it, and we love Bud Court. Mm -hmm. And a character actor who looks like Bud Court, but he's not Bud Court. Not Bud Court is not in this movie, but Bud Court is. And that Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman are in the same movie, which is a rarity. These two guys, uh, Bill Paxton passed away recently, but yes. these two guys were always known, and would always get confused by... Uh, Movie goes. Kind of this long going joke. Yeah. You ever see the Simpsons episode where Homer gets smart and he's watching a, a comedy and he's wondering why all these dumb people are laughing at this stupid movie? Uh huh. And they walk out and the doctor says, Yeah, Bill Pullman was hilarious. And smart Homer says, That was Bill Paxton, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so only like quick genius Homer could tell them apart. That was here. They are together at last. But I never think yeah. of them. They don't really look similar. They don't really act similar. Let me play a little. Okay. He's talking him into something. You see, he, okay, he, there was a scientist named Halsey, and he was working on something very important. And it was probably a weapon of mass destruction, but he went cuckoo, okay? So okay. What, what Paxton wants him to do is operate on his paranoid brain, trying to get Ooh. numbers of his formula out or make him brain. Ooh. Let's listen just simple. What's the catch? No catch. Is there, yet. That says, no catch yet. 
So it's kind of like dreamscape where they go in the president's brain. You still there, Carl? Yeah, I'm still here. He's trying to talk him into it. Right on. Now, look, this is Biodome. Inside. This is Biodome. What? Yup. This is Biodome? The location. Biodome was shot like maybe six years. Biodome was what, 95? This is 90? 96, I guess. No, but a lot of places have uh, used this location. Um, when we were watching the trailer, you might have heard me blurt out yeah. Biodome. And that's because I just got the vibe. The front door exterior, the front door interior, it's definitely Biodome. So, wow, this is movie history. This is the water reclamation plant uh, in Van, Ness, uh, Van Nuys, uh, California, Los Angeles. Yeah. And they shot Biodome here in 1996, but also um, Twins in 88. Uh, Knight Rider, two episodes. Star Trek was filmed nice. here. A lot of them, Next Generation, not the original. In Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, Bill and Ted's Bogus Ad Journey, and Twins. Oh, I, okay, yeah, I've seen all those movies. You, not, not all the Star Treks, but... Now he's meeting Hall, huh. Bud Court, and he's a funny character. Bud Court. Yeah. He's doing the work search, but it's with numbers, man. Well, that's the thing. He's claiming that he's not a um, – he's claiming that he is a uh, accountant. He's not a mathematician. Ah. Because he's oh, – Look at him. He goes straight to the point. Yeah. Oh, of the, the pencils. What's the point of those pencils? Well, it's on the top. Yeah. By the way, Danny Goldman – Danny Goldman is not Bud Court. And ladies and gentlemen of the audience, if you ever ah. life see Bud Court, run up to him and go, Danny? Danny Goldman? <laughs> You're going to do that too, man. Don't do that. One day. One day. I should really just prank Bud Court looks pretty good. <laughs> you, you could. I don't remember. Look at that. They're carrying people behind them. Yeah. Like a circus back there. <laughs> they're, they're making jokes. Like you, you're watching uh, Bud Court, and then all of a sudden some guy goes, go, zoom past. Next scene, you see <laughs> them carrying them back, and then zoom past again. I love it. Keep, keep it busy. I love it. Look, they got word search on the walls for the, for the crew. Like during downtime, you can look for strawberry and look for – that's how he just looks for the word berry in it. He just does puzzles. Oh, he just word searches? Right. It's good. That's good. It keeps you sharp. I should do that during quarantine. Just put a bunch of puzzles on the wall and just do word searches that way. Sure. And leave them on the wall yeah. so you get a little exercise. Oh, yeah. I have to, like, oh, I want to do a word search. I have to get up, walk to the wall. Now watch Bud Court's great acting here. 
He's supposed to act like he's a nutbag, and he does it great. He really does. Look at him. <laughs> he's just, yeah. And roll him. Look at his twitchy. Okay, so you're getting... Yeah. Okay, now the, the internet thinks it's real important for you to know that this is an IBM computer, and yet they're showing Commodore graphics. Makes no sense. Yeah, where did Julie uh, Corman get the money for Commodore graphics? I... Well, which Commodore? The VIC-20? Uh, which oh, Commodore? The infinite, uh, infinite like, it's buried in my research. Well, there's the Commodore 64. No. And then there's the VIC-20. No, no, there was another... Didn't Commodore have like a, uh even dumber computer? Yeah, here it is. It's yeah, a Commodore yeah. Amig, Amiga, Amiga. Yeah. Commodore Amiga. Oh yeah. Do we care? Yeah, those. Well, that's a cult computer, so I'm sure those uh, Amiga fans were like, "What?" Yeah. That's not an RX Spectrum. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Can you see them uh, calling up to complain, like calling the director? Ring. Hello? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, hello. Okay. <laughs> you want to explain to me. <laughs> right? You better sit down. <laughs> oh, here's what an awful headshot. Hold on. We need those numbers. Results. We need those numbers. Watch this. Sure no one else will ever get them. All right. Watch him. Brain dead. Come on, pal. <laughs> Come on, brother Bill P. You notice they're not in the same shot together? Oh, here we go. Take it out. You think it really is the same guy? They're never in the same shot. <laughs> That's just Bill Pullman in his shadow, Bill Paxton. This was Adam Simon has more no film he directed. But right. he went on to do Carnosaur, as you know. Carnosaur, yes. And he did... And then probably uh, Carnosaur 2. <laughs> right. He did my... Uh, Body Chemistry, American Nightmare, which is a documentary about uh, horror films. I don't know. The thing is, he's huh. a bit of a joke in the industry because there was that movie called The Player. Yeah, right, with Robert Altman's movie. And uh, what's his name, the guy who married Susan Sarandon? Uh, the, our hero of that They movie. never married. Okay. Ted, yeah, but correct yourself. Correct yourself. They never married Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. So in the player, Tim Robbins is shooting, and he's got a line. He goes, who the hell let Adam Simon on the set? And I'm sure oh. he would. They yeah, well, roared laughing. Wait a minute. So director Robert Allward takes a piss take on another director yeah. in his movie? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. Classy. <laughs> well, from what I understand of Robert Altman, that would make sense. Well, this guy's more of a writer than a director, you know? I mean, he really directed two films yeah. and then a documentary, but he wrote like hell. Well, maybe that's the way we make a joke, like the writers on the set. 
okay, you see this homeless guy? He's like, that's my brain. And Bill Paul. Yeah, he's a brain sensor. You have your own brain. This is my brain. Of course. Uh, it's an evasion. Oh, no. Hit Not on the brain. head. 